and there also one tip i can give you is that even we have sometimes announcement for let's say analytic chemist when we interview people and when we bring people in we have also looked for other qualification yeah. so one thing specific but we want people to bring more than one to the table Hi and welcome. In this episode, we'll be hearing from Netati Galch, who's the CEO and founder of Octarine Bio. In this episode, Netati, she will share her journey from being a postdoc to being a, a founder and a CEO. She will share some of her key choices and reflections and challenges in relation to this journey. She will also share a little bit about Octarine and their technology and Actually, she will also explain a little bit about what she's doing as a CEO, which is quite a lot of things, and sharing her favorite tasks and not so favorite tasks. In the end of the episode, she shares a little bit about how to find co-founders. So, as always, join the discussion on our LinkedIn community page, where you can connect with other life science professionals and exchange ideas and inspirations. So, I hope you will enjoy. Welcome to Life Science Talent Talks. We want to build a community to inspire life science professionals through talent talks and organized events. We aim to shine a light on remarkable personalities, initially from the Copenhagen Bay area. My name is Neha Mortuza. And my name is Søren Spenabak. We will be your podcast hosts and we would like to share personal life science journeys from all the exciting startups, biotechs and farmers out there creating a life science talent ecosystem. Hi, Nintachi. Hi, Sam. Uh, <laughs> thanks for inviting me out here to your new, very, very large facilities in uh, Østerbro, I guess it is. It yeah? is. So today we are going to talk about kind of the overall theme, which is from postdoc to a startup CEO. But before we jump into that, I think it could be nice if you could just introduce yourself and maybe say a little bit about what you've been doing up until now. All right. My name is Netaji. I'm the CEO and the co-founder of Octrain. We are a seed stage synthetic biology company based in Copenhagen. I'm sure some of your listeners would already know who we are. Myself, I'm Sri Lankan born, a Danish citizen. I've been living here for 22 years, so I can do speak some Danish. <laughs> I moved to Denmark when I was 19, just finishing my high school and then really liked being here. So I started studying at the University of Copenhagen yep. where I got my bachelor and master's in biotechnology. Yeah, and then continued doing a PhD and then later a postdoc. Just telling you a little bit about my background on postdoc. But before that, I can say that, you know, I'm really, I was grown up as a very curious person. And even very young days, I was science driven. Mm -hmm. So everyone in my family or friends back then wouldn't be surprised that I have landed here. So they were never surprised that I would be doing something with science. When I started studying, you know, I was so excited about everything I learned within science, but I really wanted to know how science could be applied in the society. Mm. So I think that really, like, that was the drive mm. of everything I did 
since masters do. Since masters, all right. Yeah. yeah, cool. So because, you know, I was an immigrant, I'm an immigrant, you know, I wanted to know how the science was applied. So I tried to get student jobs and was really fortunate to getting a job at Nova Science already when, while I was doing master's, where I really kind of learned and saw how science was applied in, in the society and what you could do with it. Like not just learning all kind of biology and stuff, but what actually you do with it, like, yeah. right? So when I wanted to do a PhD and I got good grades in master's, I wanted to do something kind of applied. I want to learn all kind of pieces of science, but together do some engineering that becomes something. I didn't know exactly what that meant at that stage, but I had that idea that, you know, pieces of science as a puzzle you can put together and do something else. Yeah. So yeah. that was before you started applying for PhDs and that was kind of what is, yes. was uh, your plan, if we could call that. Yeah, cool. Yes. So that's that. And and then I was applying for a couple of PhDs and with Biva, Lynn Bemola at KU, there was this vanillin project. They want to engineer some bugs to produce this flavor. And there was a company involved and I didn't know even about them. But sound, it was sounds really exciting. And I applied for it. I got the PhD position. What came up in this PhD was, I think, now, when I looked back, that working at that stage, it was a startup with 10 to 12 people or even less. Mm. You know, there was CSO and all the management and a couple of people. Yeah. It's not no science. It's just a startup based at university. I was doing this collaboration with. So I not only I learned the, the, the application side of the science and how, you know, the commercial side of it, but I also worked with the startup, learn all the dynamics of a startup by collaborating with them when we were so young. So I think when I look back within my PhD, this company that I worked together with, it grew to 300 people, global company. And being a PhD student, when there were just 12 people at university, and then watching that growing and knowing how everything has happened, that, that really kind of created a spark, I think. Yeah. That okay. it was never a plan, but I think when I look back now, that that's probably where the seed yeah. is planted. Ah, so the, the whole journey there from, you know, scaling and growing and, uh, yeah, the success yeah. there maybe. Yeah, yeah, and also like seeing synthetic biology, how that can be brought to market. Mm. Because like 15 years ago, synthetic biology is something very... Um, radical and disruptive, while there are products today in the market. Yes. But at that stage, it's just the science and technology is so new and the challenges at that time and challenges now are completely different. Okay, interesting. Yeah, like cool. when we started like modifying bugs to produce vanillin, I mean, people were saying that you are taking jobs out of farmers to, you know, the conversation was okay. different. Okay. But today that people see this is an alternative for petrochemical driven technologies rather than you're trying to get something out from other people. So I think challenges were different and I learned so much both the journey of a startup as well as, you know, the whole aspect of commercializing synthetic biology, having that uh, chance and the opportunity as a PhD student there. 
Then, when I completed my PhD position, like any other PhD student, I didn't know what to do. Like, I always had the dream that, no, I would put science together and do something that is commercially relevant, and I did that in that PhD. And then, you know, what next? I knew that's not going to be a university journey because I didn't see myself as a professor and I love having students and doing projects with them, which I found is really cool, but I never really enjoyed like teaching like basic science to okay. students. Yeah, 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 yeah. Projects were cool and having students and doing these kind of new ideas and getting them to work, but teaching some sort of uh, subject which is going to be part of your university. Yeah, yeah. Okay, a, yeah. a well-known subject, basic science subject. It's <laughs> yeah, not your okay. thing. No, no. No, no. Oh, all right. um, and, and also like publishing and manuscripts and it's just a different dynamic there. So so that was not me. That I, that was pretty clear very quickly. When I finished my PhD, I was also mother to three kids. So, you know, I was overwhelmed by my own role of being mother and Doing something completely new didn't come to me. I mean, it's not to be in my comfort zone, but it was too much. It's mm, with three yeah, boys, yeah. I was super stressed yeah, 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 yeah. just doing my PhD, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. So I, I thought it was not the right time for me to do major changes. I know my own limits. So I talked to my PII at that time and, and we discussed something new would be something that excites me that he gave me kind of the freedom to pick something and have a Mm-hmm. group around it. Yeah. And at the same time, the cannabinoid came to my mind because of someone in within very my close network, unfortunately going through serious illness and taking CBD, okay. um, yeah, cool. cannabis oil, to go through the chemotherapy treatments. Mm. So I thought, you know, when we talked about it, she believed really that helped her, but she also had a lot of side effects with it because... You know, these are really poor pharmacokinetics. Why they are really poor molecules? And you know, mm. if you take cannabis oil, it's in oil, and there's a big story around it. So I thought, first of all, because what my background is engineering, bugs to do something. So that's yeah. that was kind of the, the first thing came to my mind that 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 we can do. And then realized that you know the, the biggest problem with cannabinoids is not manufacturing them; it's just the the product itself is Pure, not purity or no, no they they're not soluble you know they okay. bind to all kind of fat layers and they have a lot of side effects hmm. and okay. they have really yeah. poor bioavailability in humans so you have to dose it in really high dose okay. in order to see something so what we do with octorin is actually to change cannabinoids to improve their pharmacokinetics so they are better drugs yeah so that's basically how things kind of Moved to that direction, so to say. But yeah, I started doing postdoc and having this group around me. But very quickly, I realized that, you know, my journey is not at the university. I really wanted to see these things, you know, becoming commercialized. So through my network, I learned about BII. It was not even established at the time, but, you know, they start putting things together and looking for companies to join them. For the first their trial session, then we were kind of, we were not ready at the time, but for the first real accelerated program applicants there, we were pretty, you know, sure that that's what we're going to go for. Yeah. And then 
I applied there and we got the company in because I knew that I had all the academic background. I knew all the technology. I knew quite a lot about, you know, how the startup works and so on, but I didn't have, I couldn't connect like the science and the commercialization, what is in between, like that, that I didn't know how to bridge those two together. So I knew that I needed some help. So there, I think the BII was really kind of the bridge that I needed and and I got to know about them and had meetings with them and knew that this is, if we get to that, yeah. that was like my B, if we get to that, and yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> then I know that I could do this. Okay. That was the first plan with Dr. Rain. Yeah. And then from there on, it's a journey. It's, it's a long journey. <laughs> ah. Maybe before we move, so I, th- I think you have introduced Arcturin a little bit, but kind of where are you maybe today and maybe highlight some of the kind of the, the biggest challenge of that journey till now. As I told you just before, <laughs> I didn't have time to prepare myself or reflect. Yeah. So I'm no. bringing this as yes. we go. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. yeah. So your first question, Arcturin, we are today... As you are here, we have our own R&D facility in Copenhagen. We are 10 full-time employees, Mm -hmm. and majority of them are R&D employees. We work on synthetic biology platforms to produce superior bioactives, as we call. Bioactives are molecules that that just not natural ingredients. They bring extra added value to human. Mm. So these could be antioxidant, anti-inflammatory, anti-cancers, Something added benefits to human, not just an ingredient. And within these bioactives that we are working on, we have three lead programs. One is around superior cannabinoids, one is mm-hmm. our first program. And then we have a psychedelics that comes from tryptamine. And the psychedelic like psilocybin is today showing that they can revolutionize mental health treatments. So that's quite promising. So we have psilocybin in our programs. And one of the new programs we have is Bioactive Colors. All these three products come from our platform and they are driven by same technologies. We have a manufacturing platform that is kind of have a motherboard for tryptamine and we can plug in different modules to produce different products. Okay, cool. So even though they sound quite different from each other, they come from the same kind of platform we established two years ago. In the cannabinoid platforms, we only modify molecules. We are agnostic about where they come from. We improve them enzymatically. And those Mm. enzymatic modifications can be used in other programs to also improve their pharmacokinetics and make them superior. Those are our three lead programs. And we are a private company backed by venture capital. Yes. We have different investors. We have Exfanten, we have DSM Venture, we have some of other investors from France and US and Canada. So we recognize ourselves as more global than just a Danish company. Yeah, cool. One of the, the kind of my aims of today is also to to help the listeners get an understanding of what it means to be a, a CEO of a startup and you can only share your own story, of course, but I think it could be interesting to hear, you know, maybe let's just take now as a 
what do you spend time on now? I know it has been changing from day one and probably changing weekly, monthly, uh, daily. But kind of in a normal Wednesday, what what is a startup CEO actually doing? Wow. <laughs> yes, that's very true, son, because my role has changed dramatically. I mean, if I look back, what I did when I started, you know, as a CEO of a startup, I wear many hats. And as I previously said, the company has like 10 employees full time and majority of them scientific staff, mm-hmm. R&D staff. I might be the only one that is not R&D. I am involved in R&D strategy and setting kind of the stage, but I'm not involved more than that. It's my CSO, Nick, who's kind of in charge of that. Yeah. So what I do in a role, I think there should be some also understanding of how a startup works. But before that, I would say my this week, what I have been doing, I have been talking to a couple of investment intermediates. These are people who help companies to raise funding. We have not started raising or going into actively to the next funding round. So we are kind of investigating how we would approach that. So my CFO, chief financial officer, is doing that kind of research and bringing different parties where I'm involved in in these meetings to understand what they can offer and also explain what we do at Doctrine and try to see that can we collaborate with them or do they bring a value to us. And on the other hand, maybe you have seen that I had a position for a BD associate, business development associate. So I'm conducting interviews. Yes. (laughs) So earlier this week, I was going through all these CVs there's no one else, but I myself have, because this is a startup. So I have gone through, I mean, there were more than 100 people who were applying, <laughs> okay. which yeah. kind of completely overwhelmed me. More than 100 people were applying, so I had to really screen very quickly through those CVs. So mm. something for your listeners to think about, that there's a CEO going through your CVs, <laughs> and she has maybe just 30 minutes to do it. And then regarding that, we just completed an investment round. And as I said, that I'm slowly getting my ducks in a row for the next round. That's mm. what the CEO do. So um, I'm going through all our corporate documents and see if they are updated because we have a really fast phase. We are driving super fast. So everything become completely outdated after two months. Yes. So everything we have previous funding round, I can hardly use anything. So the business plan to all our corporate documents, I'm making sure they're updated and we have a nice data room for the new investors. Yeah. And we have been working on a new slide deck because most people probably know Octorin as cannabinoids and psychedelic company. We are kind of changing the positioning of the company to focus more on the technology platform because with new products that are coming out, we kind of validate that technology is so mature and it is actually a platform Mm. because we can fast track new products compared to our old programs. So we have spent quite a lot of time going through how the story to be told around Octrain. So we have a new slide deck. We're working on a new web page. So all that going kind of behind the, the yeah. curtain. So and you're, you're coordinating that and some of the things you're actually driving. Deck, yeah. For example, that yeah. I am putting the stuff to it and then we have web designer or a content creator and a visual creator who's helping 
getting that expressed visually. Yes. Yeah. But I have to provide. I have to kind yeah, of yeah. because it is in my mind. I have to put it in the words and show how yeah, the yeah. story has to be told. So that is kind of what comes to my mind. Yeah. Uh, I had a management meeting. Uh, we have that once per month. So getting them updated and discussing some of our commercial partnership discussions where they are and next action points for that. That's today and yesterday. Cool. So you have been at least you're still in like everything that you're surrounded with is about science, more or less, at least your colleagues. But it seems like also you have been traveling quite from when you started. You could imagine you had a very technical role as well in the beginning as a CEO even. And now you've been traveling. I don't know if you could call it far away from the science or how has that transition been to you? So to be honest, i wouldn't know all the details of all the experiments that's going on at You uh, know that. I don't. Oh, you don't know. All right. I yeah, I, I wouldn't expect um, that either. We have monthly all hands-on meetings where I am participating mm-hmm. where I get an overview of the scientific overview at Octrine, which is quite essential I think because as a CEO, I need to know if things are going smoothly R&D-wise, which is Octrine is an R&D company. Yes. And as being a scientist, even though I don't know everything in in detail, I can get a feeling mm, when things yeah, are stuck. Yeah. And because I'm coming from a different perspective, because I'm not hands-on there, then I can really kind of give it that this is now the time to move on. Yes. And also kind of some results, maybe they have not thought about being exciting because it's a negative results, but yeah. I might find it, oh, wow, that is something that we should push for because... Even if it's negative, it's not negative because it's a different results than yeah, we yeah. expected. But maybe that could be our golden egg or whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, so, yeah, yeah. so I, I like so. these meetings and that way I'm involved. But and even, you know, when we speak to external stakeholders, I'm pretty much capable of explaining R and D stuff going on at Octarine. Yeah. So I have that upper hand, but no, otherwise I don't involved in much science or research it's more i think commercial relevant yeah that's very interesting something that i'm personally very interested in is to learn about what makes people tick or what makes people kind of really shine and makes them kind of energized and stuff like that so a question for you would be of all the tasks that you are doing which are kind of your favorite ones those that you are actually actively looking forward for or forward to? Couple of things I think. I really enjoy my role, otherwise I wouldn't be doing it. No. I'm no. that person. In, in general. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Nice. Very nice. Good to hear that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I I'm that person to do something I have to be really passionate about it and then I give hundred ten percent and then, you know, then that's done and then I find the next thing. So in this role I would say I really like, you know, the pitching the company and telling the story. That I really, you know, like because I, I really believe in what we do and yeah. I want people to be excited about it. So, you know, talking about Octarine to external shareholders or stakeholders, investors, yeah. I'm pretty happy about it. And then I'm also something that maybe sounds crazy. I also like <laughs> negotiations. Like we have done a number of investments now. When you go into an investment and then you get a term sheet from the investor and then you go to this investment negotiations which is the art yeah uh, because 
you know, I feel more like maybe feelings involved. Why do they come up with this <laughs> shitty term? <laughs> but now I, I feel it's more like an art itself. Yeah. Like, because I have done these negotiations now a couple of times, I can also see that many of the time that the new investors dictate whatever you have negotiated Too much with. Too or, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I try to navigate that and kind of really pick what is kind of important at this stage in yeah. a term sheet. And sometimes when you go into negotiations, there are so many maybe bad terms and you have one or two that you really want to push through. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. you don't show it to whoever no. that you're negotiating with. So you would push different places, but, you know, give something to get something. So I really enjoy it. And, yeah. you know, I have really experienced people around me kind of told me how to do this. And when I now look back, even at that time when I negotiate, I'm frustrated. We are not getting what we want. But when you complete it, then, you know, it's yeah. such a satisfaction. Sometimes nice. you get away what you want and other times it's a, in the negotiation, you know, no one is happy about. You get something and they get something. But that is also yeah. part of my job because 90% time I have to bring investment because it's company run because it's funding. Yeah. That's my job to make sure there's funding in the company. And most funding comes from investors and then you have to negotiate. Yeah. So that I, I enjoyed it you and enjoyed I had it. really good learning from yeah. really good cool. experience. People who sit on the investor side, like our chairman and some of our investors in the who's in the board. I also have a really good legal firm around Octrain who helps with negotiations. Mm. So we also have kind of meetings to align on yeah. what to negotiate. There also I have really good collaborations and I learn really a lot. So I guess I enjoy doing something new all the yeah. time. And, yeah, yeah, and this is yeah. something I really yeah. learn. Learn um, new things yeah. can be a drive, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. cool. So it's the negotiation that the best part of the negotiation, as I hear you say, is the results, but also the this whole thing that leads up to the negotiation, because I've also been doing quite a lot of negotiation. There's a lot of prep going on there, actually. <laughs> yeah. So is it all the things that you really enjoy, both the prep and the actual negotiation where you are fighting? or? Yeah, uh, I think yeah. so. I think so, because cool. it, it needs a lot of preparation and internal alignment, because especially in investment negotiation, I represent the company, companies, mm. Not only Nick and I, we have some interests as founders, but there are also other shareholders. Yeah. So you really get, you know, you need the mandate from internal yeah. stakeholders first and what matters to them. And then, yeah, then there's a whole, you know, agenda when, when you're going to negotiating with. Yeah, investors. you have a battle plan. Or, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Very interesting. Thanks for, for sharing that. And then on the other side of that spectrum, we have then these things energize you, then we all have some things that we don't enjoy that much. Could you share some of the things that, that drains you or you would like to get other people to do? There are many. <laughs> there are many, yeah. Fair <laughs> enough. Because, uh, I, I, as I said, I wear so many hats and I do so many stuff and it's part of the CEO's job that like we have so many practical stuff to get the company up and running. Even though we have like a lot of part-time consultants as well, nowadays doing salaries, all kind of administration stuff because we don't have like a middle management as, as in a bigger corporate or growth company. Even someone is doing salaries, maybe, you know, I had to kind of, you know, if someone is going on a paternity leave or whatever, whatever, you know, 
I don't know the rules, <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah. if, um, so we have part-time consultants helping with different those tasks, yeah. little by little, that yeah. I am able to dedicate some of this stuff. Yeah. But all this, you know, human resources in all, like, administrative stuff, yeah, yeah. I'm not an expert and I, I don't know. <laughs> so I, I, I hope that, you know, I know that these people I work with us know very well but again i have to be engaged in order to kind of make final decisions yeah but it's not necessarily something give me energy because it's something that i just have to do yeah yeah yeah. Um, yeah. i don't say that it drains me because i have kind of have this mental side of me that that says that this is part of the job yes you know we are as a startup that i have to do it and i can as well as kind of enjoy it rather than putting <laughs> yeah, it yeah. in a box that yeah, I think yeah, this yeah. is my task that drained me. Yeah, um, yeah. Okay, fair enough. That's a good perspective. Yeah. Yeah. Other than that, obviously, when I have been the number of investment rounds now and and at times that can be tiring as well because, you know, you're continuously fundraising, especially in an investment round, we might end up pitching the company to 100 and as, answering the same question. Mm. So... Yeah, at one point that is also hmm. tiring. Yeah, there's not much new stuff there. At least exactly. there's no learning yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think many of maybe yeah. startup CEOs are really like to have new challenges. So yeah. if things become very routine, and <laughs> then I, that may be the thing, dangerous thing that yeah that can happen. Yeah, I think the people who likes routines rarely jump into uh, startups or take make the choice that uh, that you do. Yeah, interesting. You know, Octorin is, I'm one of the founders and I'm, I'm the CEO here. And I just sometimes have to take time to think, okay, this is your opportunity. What do you want to do actually? Ooh, excite you that yeah. try to yeah. what, do that as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rather yeah. than, you know, go and complain about it or be sad about it or drain about it. Take some time to figure out what I want to do with Octorin yeah. and try to make that happen because yeah. after all I'm the CEO. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Great, great. But at least it's to me it sounds like there's a good match between, you know, what you enjoy and the role and the important kind of characters or, or things that you would want to see in a CEO, but I knew that already. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. But thanks for for sharing that. Before we kind of round off, the aim of this podcast is to build a a life science community to kind of inspire different life science professionals that, you know, are maybe just want to know what goes on in the different places. So would you like to share anything with this community that uh, we haven't launched the podcast yet, so it doesn't exist yet, but some thoughts or reflections or tips, or maybe you have some things that relates to octarine jobs or, yeah. Okay, so... I think there's, you know, really good startup vibe in, in Copenhagen and mm -hmm. there are a lot of different hubs that if someone doesn't know but want to get to learn, you know, what's going on in startups and so on, there's these different hubs where, you know, the startup founders and I'm invited to different activities and I, I think it's happening. So yeah, people can join. Networking and, activities. Yeah, exactly, yeah, get yeah. to know. I think that the biggest challenge for someone who let's say coming from scientific background and mm -hmm. want to drive more into the commercial side and translating science to commercialization, it might be somewhat difficult to kind of get your foot into a company 
let's say a startup at growth stage or, or, a, or a corporate, but maybe it's much more easier to join a startup at startup stage, like, you know, two founders try to get it to work, maybe not even have received any funding yet, but have some soft funding, but yeah. looking for some people to, you know, because as I said, we wear so many hats and mm-hmm. need people yeah. to help with different things. That's a real good opportunity maybe to get your foot into it. Okay. Because now when I announce this BD associate position and so on, I would look for some, you know, background because I don't have time to teach someone, as I explained, yeah, yeah. doing so many things. Yeah. So I want someone to start and... I think everybody wants that. (laughs) Plug and play Um, people. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. But when when we started doctoring, it was Nick and I, and then we hired Maria, who came from just you know scientific background. But that was okay. She had you know the commercial acumen, and and she was really passionate about it. So even though she didn't have the business background, she could join and help us and get learned. So there, that's the example that, you know, we, we were so early stage, we didn't know yeah. things were working and we were more maybe flexible on our mindset to get someone completely green and yeah. get, get going. But at this stage, because everything has to move so fast and then we are looking for some sort of experience behind or, mm, or background yeah, yeah, behind. Yeah. So that's the, the biggest thing. I think the difference now and, and then Unless, you know, we, we hire internees and, and that's a different game. But if you employ someone, then I think we look for some experience. Okay, yeah. Otherwise, a lot of the openings are R&D employees. And they are also one tip I can give you is that even we have sometimes announcement for, let's say, analytic chemist. When we interview people and when we bring people in, we have also looked for other qualification. It's okay. So one thing specific, but we want people to bring more than one to the table because we Mm. are just 10 people yeah. and maybe we don't have analytical instrument running all the time, but, you know, they can contribute with other things. Yeah, yeah. So more hands on. And and, then someone is sick and then, you know, someone has to kind of step in because, you know, there are no no five people doing the same thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, and that's the dynamic in a startup. So... When we hire people, we look for more than one qualifications, and even maybe we have three, you know, the positions out there. Maybe we end up hiring two people who can contribute to these three roles. Yeah, 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 makes sense, makes sense. Uh, I'm j- I just have a follow up question for the thing you said about getting a foot in the door early mm. in the early stage. So let's say, like, you had you conceived the invention and you you brought the technology in your head. <laughs> um, but let's say that you you are interested in kind of a similar journey that you've been on, but mm-hmm. maybe are you're sitting in an industry job or maybe you are kind of, you are a scientist somewhere mm-hmm. and want to be part of like, because you're interested in doing different things and maybe have some of the shared interests with you, how to find that co-founder and that, like how to get involved at that early stage if you don't have the business experience, for example? That's a good question because, you know, if I can only speak to the university because I, I think it's more complicated if you're in industry and you have an idea that you want to pursue because there are different laws around hmm. what uh, you yeah. have been in corporate. Yeah, 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 um, yeah. So, no, at a university you have this idea and you want to find co-founders and get a spin-out or, or start-up 
one thing that you can do is to approach one of these accelerator programs in Denmark. Like mm. even BII, I would say an accelerator. I think it's it's a good way to bridge, especially if you don't have a network. If you, you know, like I was fortunate, I had all these evolver early the, connections, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. But if you don't have that, you just, you know, green coming postdoc and did your science, have an idea and what do you do? And then I think and it's an idea either go through the university. Um, KU has been really slow at, you know, spinning things out, but now they are kind of approaching much more speed than they did back then when I was a student, I would say. Mm. But um, did you doing quite a good job there? I think mm. they have really, they really want to get science out. But KU has different outlets now, like the pipeline and some of these, I don't know all that because I'm not at the university, but but there are different initiatives that where you can go and get some help. Otherwise, it's an accelerator program and talk to these people and get some help. Mm. Maybe you mm. don't have to go through the accelerator program as such, but just, you know, talk to some people and try to find, dot out, like like have a plan mm. from A to B kind yeah. of. That's what I did. Yeah. I had the idea. I didn't know how to commercialize. I didn't know I had to bring venture capital money and I need a pitch deck. I didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know any of that no, or no. the business plan, what should be in the business plan. Oh, God. So, you know, it's, it's good enough that you have the, all these ideas. Talk to these people and lay out a plan and, and see if that can be done. I never had this plan of finding co-founders. It just happened, I think, as a part of it. Yeah, It's cool. not that I kind of went around looking for a co-founder for Octorine. No, no. When I spun out Octorine and then one of the scientific advisors at that stage who knew Nick and I knew him for like 20 years, this person who connected me with Nick. Um, yeah. And he was like, I'm, this could be a really good combination and he would bring something really valuable for, for the for Octorine. And then I spoke to him. I, I knew him because I have seen him, but I didn't never met Nick or had conversation with him mm. because I was more involved with the World War Old mm. people and yeah, the, yeah. there were like 60 people and I didn't know everyone there. So I have seen Nick, but uh, but I never had much more interaction with him. So I met him and because he was recommended through this advisor, then I was quite open-minded and then mm. took it from there and had been the best co-founder ever I think, since <laughs> it, then. It has worked out, it seems like. Yeah. At least. yeah, yeah. Good. Very nice. Thank you so much for sharing your stories and some personal aspects and shining a little bit more light on, you know, Octorin as a company and also your journey and what you're actually doing. So thanks for that. I hope it's useful for those in here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm happy that we finally got to do this. Um, <laughs> yes. And sorry to be postponing. You've, been, you've had other things to do, I, <laughs> yes. I can imagine. Yeah. But uh, yeah, thanks for your time. No problem. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. We'll Good. be in touch. Peace. <laughs> thanks for listening to Life Science Talent Talks. Hope this has inspired you. If so, we encourage you to join us on our LinkedIn group, where you can help shape the Life Science Talent community and continue the discussion. Please see all the relevant links in the description. Bye.